Hey everyone, Steven here. Welcome back to a new episode of Rally Caps. Before we get started, a quick heads up. This episode was recorded under the name Slow Burn, and we have since changed the name of the show to Rally Caps. If you want to know why we changed the name, go check out our first episode. But despite the name change, the content of the conversation is still awesome, and we hope you enjoy the show. Just, just crank out those push-ups, dog. Yeah, man, I'm not like you in that regard. That's all you need. <laughs> it helps. It helps. That's the all you need for. Yeah, I, I just need to try it. I guess. A little some squats, just, some push-ups. Starting to get like the, oh, yeah. the Christmas weights coming on. Oh, a little like, dad bod. Yeah, it's you need it, dude. You need it. You have enough kids already. Like, come on, the, the bod <laughs> needs to catch up. <laughs> all right. Uh, we don't want to take up to more time than we need to. Oh, we're not already? I thought we were potting. I thought we were in it. <laughs> That'll just be the intro, I guess. <laughs> I thought it's we were in open. It. I'm going full pod right now. <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick it off. Do it. You ready for this? Born ready. Okay, here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Slow Burn. Today, we're so pumped to welcome Jack Coyne to the show. About a decade ago, Jack began his career in the filmmaking world as an intern who mopped floors for some big names in the YouTube creator space. And his hard work paid off and earned him a job as a production assistant in New York City, where he was born and raised. Went on to be a founding member of the team that launched the social media app Beam. And when that was acquired in C by CNN in 2018, his video about how he was fired went viral and his YouTube career started. Now he's an elite marathon runner, rivals the food wisdom of Anthony Bourdain, and is quickly becoming the world's hottest philanthropist. Is that all correct, Jack? Wow. <laughs> what? That was the tightest intro I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> Where did you come up with that? Oh, you know, just our writer no, did it. None of that is true. No, no I, that's amazing. I love that. I, I, it makes me feel like very like uh, accomplished, much more accomplished than I probably am in real life. Oh, that's not true. I mean, maybe maybe some of that towards the end was like a little bit much, but I think all of it was pretty spot on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Jack, so you first got your foot in the door by offering to to mop the floors of people that you admired and that you wanted to learn from. In 2021 roughly a decade later, do you think that is still a really compelling way to get your foot in the door? Or do you think there are more effective ways to, to kind of pitch people and to, to kind of get in on the ground floor? I think that, um, that idea is, is right, but like literally mopping someone's floor is not the right approach because, um, you don't want strangers in your house right now <laughs> because of social distancing. So, so the answer is, What's the, is there a digital version of that? And so when you said, when I said like, I'll mop your floors, what that sort of roughly translates to, or what that should be read at as by the person who's receiving that message is, okay, this person really just like appreciates what we're doing and wants to help facilitate. And they have offered a clear cut way to do that. That's valuable and cheap and going to make my life better. And the reason that I proposed that was that was something that was obviously an important part of their working culture at the time. And I got that based off of watching their videos. So I showed an understanding of like, 
of like what the culture was and a way that I could step into that culture and immediately provide value without being disruptive. I wasn't asking for anything. I was just offering to give a service. So in 2021, what's a, what's another version of that? It means understanding who you're asking to help and then understanding, you know, what would be valuable to them and, and showing right away that you can provide that. So mopping the floors is a pretty easy one because it's like, you know, you don't really, I don't need to, I don't need to see proof that you can mop the floors. I just assume, okay, come in tomorrow. And if you suck at mopping the floors, you're fired. But if you're good at it, you can stick around and keep doing that. And then you can kind of work your way from there. So, um, I get contacted now all the time by people, can I mop your floors? And it's like, well, first of all, no, you can't come over. Like, I don't want you to, like, I don't know you. Like you can't just come to my office and like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, Mm -hmm. but if you, if you, provide a service for me off top that's like hey listen i think your channel would be better served if you had a better um banner or a better logo here's some ideas that i came up with here's five mm-hmm. and one of those is good or t- two of those is good i'm like wow this guy's okay sick i'll pay you for those or i'll pay you to do more stuff or like let's start a working relationship but in- yeah. it's it's about offering to do something instead of just asking for something right away cool i think that was i it's really stuck with me. I know when, when Eric went on Colin and Samir's podcast and kind of said that same sentiment of just like, what can you, what value can you provide to the person you're trying to collaborate with uh, that gets your name, you know, to the top of the list? Highly, highly valuable. Um, so you obviously grew up in New York City, born and raised. Uh, what, how, how has that city been an integral part of your entrepreneurial and endeavors and do you think you would be doing something entirely different if that wasn't your story well so there's a there's a lot of ways that this translates right i think that like when you grow up in a city like this you just are exposed to so much from such an early age and and what that means is you're exposed to different types of people people who don't look like you people who don't necessarily think like you you're in very close quarters with all different types of people from all walks of life riding the subway every day and that started Mm -hmm. like i rode the subway to high school freshman year of high school every day right i walked to school by myself when i was like um 12 years old or whatever in in new york city and i just you just just see people yeah exactly you just see people on the streets who are different than you and you you don't think about them as whoa like that's scary that's weird that's intimidating it's just like this is part of life it's like this big melting pot that you're in so that has a big impact on your life and shows you like the breadth and the scope of like what's out there and what's possible to some extent and you're exposed to like your friends parents and stuff who who maybe are successful who've done all different types of things like who are artists or who are musicians or who are actors or who are work on wall street or who start their own business who own restaurants whatever it's like wow, all these people have taken all these different paths and and they've made it in like the greatest city on earth. So you're exposed to that from an early age. Hmm. But then like on a more pragmatic level, I think like when I graduated college, I got to move back home. Like most people after college move home. I moved home to New York City. So I didn't have to pay rent um, when I graduated. And I got to live like in the heart of the Big Apple. And so that Hmm. is, I got to do stuff and not worry as much about making money. That Hmm. That's a huge understated advantage and like mm. one, like a huge area of my personal my privilege of growing up here so i got to do like oh yeah i'll mop the floors and i'll work for free because i could eat like whatever my parents were having for dinner and eat food at their house and sleep in their bed and do that for a little while i didn't have to worry mm. about money so mm. i think so many people aren't willing to translate that to their own circumstance either like 
going home, living at home, doing that whole thing so that they can get those opportunities and whatever capacity that is for you um, with the internet being a great equalizer, you know, of, you know, instead of actually having to show up at a studio, like doing something virtually for someone, like you said, with your channel art or whatever the case is. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, I was talking about with a friend the other day about this project where like this animation project where we need to rotoscope someone and like that's something that you could like I could spend like an entire day like working on like the like rotoscoping yeah, like this. That's a word. Or, or <laughs> I could hire a kid or pay a kid a hundred bucks who lives in the middle of nowhere who's living at his parents' house who's just out of college. And like that's a good opportunity for that person to do something mm-hmm. that's maybe valuable that translates into a, a cool video. And so it's like a win win situation for both people. Like there's opportunities like that out there across the board. And I think you really hit the nail on the head. Like you don't have to be in New York city anymore because we really are living in a digital, in a digital world. It's not about being somewhere. It's about showing up online, I guess. Especially with the year we just came off of. Oh yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So you clearly make videos about what you love and it feels like you kind of let passion dictate what you want to do with your career, which is probably the heart of, the millennial generation, you know, uh, people our age pursuing the work that they want. Could you maybe speak to some of that, especially just what you've created and made this year? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I've always been like that type of personality where I've wanted to do things like kind of like my own way. Like I, I've, I feel like I'm someone who has like a pretty high degree of like self-confidence and like feeling that things are going to work out. Um, and at the same time, I'm a hardworking person. And so I like dedicate myself to things and I and I try hard. So I'm not like sitting around doing nothing all the time. And I think that if you can marry those two things, like a like a your like real like belief in yourself and belief in your passion with um, a willingness to work hard and try and pursue things and just put stuff out there, um, there's a lot of opportunities. And if, like I, you, you've heard this a million times, but if you really like are passionate about something, you're going to pursue it and, and not just talk about it. Cause you're not really that passionate about it. If you're just talking about it hmm. or you, or you feel like you have this expectation that you have to get paid or you have to do all this. So you set all these other like things that are added into it. It's like, no, if you really care, you can work as a nurse for 50 hours, 60 hours a week. And then at night or on the weekends or when you have free time, you can work on videos for a couple hours a day. Like if you work one hour a day, every day, that's a whole nother day in your week worth of work basically. Mm-hmm. Right. That's seven hours right there. Like that's not, it's not that hard to find an hour a day if you care about something. Sure. If you're not able to find that hour, you don't care about it that much. I was kind of like a, I hope that was a good answer. I don't know. I got chills just then. That was great. I just like, you know, um, from a young age, didn't really want to pursue like more traditional path, I think, and wanted to just figure it out and. I've, I've recently become content with the idea of like, I don't need to like make a ton of money doing this. Yeah. I can kind of just like, as long as I'm happy, mm-hmm. that's like the yeah. most important thing. And I'm very happy. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's especially come across this year in, in the videos yes. that you've been posting, especially in the past nine months. Um, Eric and I actually noticed the other day that you, you tweeted the following, I've made 20 YouTube videos in 2020 and I'm proud of them all. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty pretty countercultural to a lot of the mentality that you find on YouTube of making content and having lots of volume and posting every day and being consistent. That's that's incredible that you've made 20 videos this year and you're you're proud of all of them. Totally. 
Yeah, I had a conversation um, with a buddy of mine, Craig Adams, the other day about yeah. uh, about his YouTube growth in the last couple of years. And he's like found a niche for himself that is like he just crushes, gets so many views. And he's like one of these um, people who really optimizes performance across the board in all areas. Mm-hmm. And he just is like under, has a really strong understanding of the YouTube algorithm and how to get a lot of views. And I'm like, it's amazing to see what you've accomplished and to be able to do something that you love to do at the same time. Like, that's awesome. But you found that after like years of trial and tribulation and trying different things on your channel. And you did it because you like loved making YouTube videos and wanted to pursue that. And then you found a niche that worked for you. For me, I'm not so much like wanting to be a YouTuber. I ne- I didn't get into this like wanting to be a YouTuber. I got into this because I wanted to like make videos and I thought that was cool. When I started working with Casey Neistat, I was like, he wasn't even a YouTuber, right? He made YouTube videos, but like being a YouTuber wasn't a thing. It was like, this guy's videos are f- cool. So let me, like, that would be a fun, like, path to go down. It's just like, whenever I feel like mm-hmm. it, make a cool video. If I can get paid to do that, sick. If not, whatever. Like, I still kind of want to do that. I've been I've been doing that since I was in high school, making videos, right? So like, let me just keep doing that. And the less I've thought about it as a career and the more I've thought about it, it's just continuing that passion, the happier I've been with the content that I've been making and less worrying about it is like making money. Hmm. And then on the side, I can show those videos to brands and people who have money and want to spend it on their own stuff. And I can say, listen, I can make something like this for you. And so my viewership is way down. I'm so bad at YouTube <laughs> at like the game of it. But I'm like every video that I made, I'm like, I'm so stoked on this. Like, this is like, I'm happy. I'm just passionate about it. So if 3000 people watch it instead of 50,000 people, whatever it's chill like i'm happier with the video that i love that has less people watching it huge breath of fresh air man uh i i personally think because the platform has become so saturated over the the past two years really that people are starting to recognize that more and more that using it as a vehicle to pursue the things they want to do with their business and having it be a more well-rounded business instead of just being a youtuber you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I like to do, I think that, you know, I, I I would much rather like really focus on optimizing a YouTube video for a brand for the for them and like make their own thing and worry about my doing it for myself and my face and like trying to like get some idea across on people. It's more like mm-hmm. I just want to like tell little stories. And that's fun for me. Maybe one day they'll stumble into something that's a niche that works really well. and I'll start to get millions of views and make billions of dollars. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that right now. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is that there's no, like, that's not the wrong way to do it either. You know, and it's just kind of, yeah, seeing what's working well for you, what's not, and seeing what's sustainable ultimately. I think what we see in what you make, I personally feel like that's the most sustainable approach to, you know, making content online because it's so easy to feel that burnout with just, running after an algorithm or you know trying to perform in a way that somebody else sees a ton of success in but just isn't working and jiving for you yeah i i got a job one time like a like a youtube uh, brand deal or whatever that was contingent upon getting a certain amount of views Mm -hmm. and they were like okay so your viewership you'll get four thousand dollars as long as you get fifty thousand views and i it just like made me so stressed uh-huh. about like getting reaching this milestone of you as soon as I like pressed upload I was like I was like just felt like shit mm-hmm. and I never wanted to have that feeling again 
video has a quarter of a million views or something now. <laughs> so I like hit it. I don't know. I just, I, I was like, wait, the two days later I checked and it had like passed it like super fast. I'm like, how did that happen? But it did. But I, but I still hated that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I need this to hit this milestone, this threshold because some brand is dictating that. Cause they're going to like give me a check or not give me a check because of that. Like that sucked so bad mm-hmm. instead of just making something and saying, again, doing it for like the 10 people who comment and say this video is sick. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that'll completely change the way you produce something, make something, a story that you tell or a way you want to grow your business. And yeah, I personally just don't think it's healthy. And I, I that's why I definitely appreciate partnerships and brands that are willing to come alongside you with what totally. you want to do. And we weren't really planning on touching on this until the end, but that it almost kind of feels like the one you're currently working with, with Braid. It, don't, it feels like that. You want to just explain that. A well, the bit. Be- the beauty of that, yeah. So I'm working with um, a startup, a uh, fintech startup called Braid, and what they do is it's like a group spending bank account um, that you can create with your friends. Start it up right away. You each put some money in there, and you can, and both of you can spend on the same card and like tr- keep track of your expenses. So it's for like small businesses and group projects and stuff. And we talked about doing a video for them, not like on my YouTube channel, like something totally for them, mm-hmm. and just like helping them execute like a brand story video. And then the pandemic hit and we sort of shifted gears. And I was like, what if we just start to give this money away to people who need it and then like tell their stories, tell the stories of like people who are actually using this and we can give them some money and support them. And um, maybe that's something that's more interesting. Hmm. So my connection was like it's it was because I've worked at a social media company before I've run um, I've run community at tech company like I understand a startup culture at the same time I know how to make videos at the same time I know how to build community at the same time I have access to these people who are creative who have these ideas who want to execute them who a thousand dollars would be valuable to so the it was like a culmination of all these different paths that I've taken that come together to to um, to be able to give away a thousand dollars a week to these different projects. And so that's been really fulfilling. And, and through that, I've, t- I've told a lot of the stories or some of the stories on my YouTube channel, but that's not why I'm, I'm not, they're not paying me to make the YouTube videos. They're paying me to consult for them and to find people who this would be an interesting project for and provide feedback and get like the right people on board and sort of like work on the product as much as tell stories about the product. So it's like, I'm not doing it to say, okay, this video needs to get a million views right. to like boost like app downloads. It's not about that. It's about just what are the different ways that people are using this? How can we explore that? And so it's much more hands-on and interactive as opposed to just like, okay, let's write a check and get a bunch of views for a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the but most yeah. recent video that you posted uh, documenting the project that the photographers did to make the prints to support the the wildfires and like being able to give the behind the scenes of that and to actually go hands on with projects that you're supporting was so cool to witness. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing the last like few months. I mean, it's so hard with COVID, right? Because there's only so many places you can do. It's hard to be hands on with all these strangers, but I have been interviewing people like here in New York and I've been doing a lot of zoom calls. And so my focus has really been on how do I translate all those relationships and interactions and like the stories of these businesses into small videos. So I've been like pursuing like little 60 second pieces and stuff like that, but mostly just on the phone or on zoom talking to these people and saying, how's it going? Like, what have you been spending the money on? What is your business like? How can I help you? Can I help take pictures? Can I help get the word out somehow? 
tell me mm-hmm. what's going on with you. And it's like, I have this relationship with fi- 13 different small businesses or like I projects that I've backed and growing. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very epic, man. It's just, it's an approach that is not commonplace um, in the 2020, 2021 world of online stuff. It's it, like, it's just so often that you see brand deal sponsored by brand deal sponsored by um, and that kind of model. And so flipping it on its head and really like the idea of consulting, I feel like that's such a, that's such a typical business practice of like historically what businesses do, but in the, in the realm of YouTube and so many other startup companies that want to invest into online content creators aren't looking at the consultation piece with all like I look at the skill set that you have talking about where you grew up and you know seeing other people's parents and going and working with a startup and having so much so many interactions with so many people so many skill sets your hand in so many things like you're a perfect person to consult for a company like that you know they look at you and they're like yes there's tons of value here yeah yeah absolutely it's great and it's great that they can see that and then have given me an opportunity to to do that and provide and basically provide this like feedback mechanism that's way outside of a small startup that's based in san francisco right it's like mm-hmm. to have this little tentacle that exists in this totally outside world is i think it's innovative it's smart of of them and cool of them to take that approach and see that and see value in that mm-hmm. and um it's been a blast and it's something that I'd love to continue to do. Right. Cause I think that when you get that cross pollination of different sort of um, sectors or different types of working environments, that's when like really exciting stuff happens. So what if I could do the same thing for an investment bank? Like, you know what I mean? Like what if I could do like for a VC, like, okay, I'm going to like give me a little bit of money to give away to people and like talk about their ideas and give you presentations about those ideas. Like, is that, Maybe that's interesting. Maybe there's something to learn there. You know, you can tap into a totally different. And I think it's when you do that outside of the box thinking and really like person to person interaction that you get, you see things differently. I think what a better time, what better time than this year for that to happen, right? Like when people are like kind of like looking at life in a totally different way to have those relationships and, and interactions with different types of people, extremely valuable extremely valuable i've like made like so many new friends this year and had so many different interactions this year that i probably in a normal year would be stuck in my same routine and ways Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's it's that's it's pretty exciting and i think that that's gonna be one of the lasting um positive effects of this year Hmm. epic man and i mean talking about diversifying of skills like running Am I right? <laughs> you made a video about in, in 2020 uh, about a couple of videos, you know, running in New York during a pandemic and then your ultra marathon running all the way around Manhattan and seeing our buddies Caleb and Niles start the, the Dad Strides podcast, which was backed by Braid and just like all of it's connected. Um, yeah. Look, I guess the question we wanted to ask you is how does running and general exercise help your creativity and how does it kind of tie into your entrepreneurial endeavors again? Totally, totally. Well, it's very simple, I think. If you want to be a, 
entrepreneur, whatever creative person, there's a lot of pressure on you to feel like every day that you're doing something and accomplishing something. And there's days that are hard because you're like, what did I do today? I didn't really feel like I accomplished that much. And so for me, one of the um, most important things about pursuing a career like this where you work for yourself and you have to like put your own ideas out in the world is write down what you're doing every day and sort of keep track of that to some extent somehow. So I like have like a notebook where I write down like what I'm up to and like write a checkbox. And if you start every day by running for an hour or working out for an hour, you're already ahead of most people on earth. You've already accomplished a lot more than most people. Just, just you have, you have a sense of accomplishment, right? Okay. I just, I, how many other people that I, how many of my friends woke up this morning and ran 10 miles? Very, very few. So when you start the day off with that, everything else is like kind of a bonus. You've already accomplished a great deal. You've already accomplished more than most people did, that most of your friends did in the whole week in, one day, in the morning. So then everything else becomes easier. So when you work down that list of check boxes, it's like, well, I did this run this morning and, it, and I feel good. And now I also was able to do this and do this and do this. So I think that's the most, for me, the most important part of like how it's connected to everything else is it makes me just it get it provides me with that sense of like grounding sense of accomplishment every single mm-hmm. day that unlocks a lot of other things i wholeheartedly agree with every single word <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's i'm it's getting the just, same feeling that i got when i heard you talk about running on colin and samir's podcast the way you just talked about it right now is like so relaxed and so like <laughs> Dude, it's the best. You're like, like, I got to get out the door. So I, is the ice melted yet? (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I had like these, all these formative, like early working years with Casey where he would run all the time in the morning and like he would come into the office. I'd be in the office super early and like work for the first few hours of the day. And then he'd come in and he'd have just run like a crazy amount. And I was like, you know, like that's, he accomplished so much already in the day Hmm. that everything else is like, Easier and I, I gen- and so that's was a big inspiration. I, and I genuinely think that you become more productive. So if you've just like accomplished this physical thing, you can go in the office and you can put your head down for three hours and you can accomplish what you would at a normal job mm-hmm. from in a nine to five. So that's the key: work three hours a day <laughs> and uh, go run for two hours a day. <laughs> so, says the guy who full sends a marathon after what training for two weeks. <laughs> I have another <laughs> running video. I have another running video that I, so I like, you know, we did the 2020, 20 videos in 2020. I have like, I think I got to do at least one or two more. And I have this running video that I, I'm trying to execute in the next like two days idea, but I got to get it. I got to get moving on it. I'm running out of time. <laughs> You're running out of time? <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to share a funny story with you is, uh, I think it was 20, was what was the, the moment film festival, Stephen? Was it 2019? 2019. In yeah. In April. 2019 yeah. in spring. Um, I acted in Mango Street's video. So they invited me to the moment film festival and we were out with the moment guys down in, in Dumbo. Um, I think it was the day of the festival and you came running down the street. You were on a run and you were like, what's up guys? And I hadn't met you at that point. And I was just like, I was starstruck. I was like, that's freaking Jack Coyne. Like, 
what the <laughs> i'm like i'm in a group of like what 25 people who are kind of all doing the same thing we're like what's up jack what's up it was just it was hilarious kind of coming full <laughs> circle and seeing like the fact that we know each other now and just the the fact that it was kind of running that brought it all together was I, don't know, I thought it was really sweet you guys were in that spot that like stereotypical like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you guys were in like the spot like that weird like manhattan bridge like viewpoint that oh, yeah. it's like so shot it's great uh-huh. i was like i'm probably gonna run into these guys here and sure enough <laughs> it's too good man okay so you have um all of this kind of leading up to now last time we talked you, you talked about starting this production company with your brother his name is kieran right yeah um is that still happening? Like, what's the future? What does what does that look like for you? Yeah, so we're doing stuff. Like, we we're at, we've been on a bunch of shoots. Like, we we're on shoots. We we're on a shoot like a week and a half ago. We've been editing some videos there. We're finishing up this other editing project. Like, it's great because we get like all these gigs and opportunities. And every time we do it, we get kind of like a little bit better. And there's a lot of money there to like pay the bills and pay for everything. Mm. And you can ch- pick and choose like what you want to take. And then like, it's like stuff that goes on your website and can live on. I, I feel like when you work with someone consistently, you kind of like have no, you feel like you can accomplish anything that you need to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're mm-hmm. by yourself, it's like a little bit of like self doubt, like, oh, this is like so much yep. work. I don't know if I, do I want to do this right now? Like this is a pain in the ass. Whereas if it's like someone says, Hey, we want to do like this animation, do these characters. And like, I've never done that before. You like, look at, I look at my brother. I'm like, yo, can we do this? How long would this take? We sit down for 20 minutes, we watch some YouTube videos, and we're like, yeah, we can do this. Like, how much should we charge? Well, it'll take us two days. We got this. Da, 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 da. All right, let's charge this much. Boom, send it out. And then it's like, yep, here's the deal. And you just have like a, it adds to your level of like confidence that confidence, yeah. in what you can accomplish and what you're charging and how much value they're getting. Um, and so from that standpoint, it's really fun. And then it's like, where do we like what can we do with like the youtube channel together that's like the part that we're still figuring out is what um where do we go what kind of stories can we tell together and and kind of grow mm-hmm. that like he helps me with all the videos but it's like still very much like the jack coin youtube channel and we'd like to like start mm-hmm. to transition that into just coin brothers youtube channel nice but um we're still learning like we're still we still need to take the colin and samir moment film class <laughs> learn how to make better youtube videos i'm always like kieran when we, we got to do that class man and like just really like get up and he's like i know we're gonna do it. we're gonna do it soon um so yeah it's like those two things it's like the client work is like there and consistent and pays the bills and it's great and then it's like how do we turn ourselves into like more of a brand that has like bigger ideas mm-hmm. it's quite literally I mean, what we did with this podcast, we had it been kind of a brainchild for a year and then having both of us like really be in it and starting it. That's what it took. And I see that in myself and my production side, too. I have a studio mate. His name's Mike. And same deal. Like we're doing commercial work now together, feeling that confidence of booking, you know, a five figure job where you're like, oh, like, yeah, we can do this. Even if you feel intimidated, just taking that step back and that other person to be there with you, just being like, no, like, it's okay. We can hire this out. We can figure out how to do it. Yeah, it's dope. It's really dope. Yeah, and that's the other thing is like, it's weirdly like you're more willing to hire someone when there's more of you because you can say mm-hmm. like, all right, we can even take this and then hire this edit and oversee this. And you just have like, 
just to an extra brain to like go over things and think through things and and, and then extra hands to physically like get the things done. It's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. The thing we see consistently with you and your work is confidence. And we talked about that before we got into this. And it's like, dude, you just exude confidence. And do you feel like that is just having that attitude of just approaching something with confidence can be the deciding factor of getting a job, growing a business or not? Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. You have to like, you have, it's kind of crazy to like take an idea and turn it into something real to some extent. Right. It's like, it takes like a certain type of like, um, craziness to, and it takes a lot of self-belief to say, all right, I'm just going to freaking do this thing and pursue it and make it happen. And so just that alone, like, yeah, requires a lot of confidence. So I see like anyone who is pursuing that stuff obviously has some degree of like confidence that they're willing to like do it um, and not have a regular job and not worry about taking in a certain mo- money from the consistency of a paycheck or whatever. The other part, like for me personally, is that it's just like something that I've always had, like since I was like a baby, always just talking and loud and in people's face and just like confident and big personality and all that stuff. I've just always had that. So if that's coming across in my videos, that's just me being my authentic self. Sick. Okay, daddy's on a podcast. I love that. <laughs> Are we going to watch cut it? it out? Okay, no. Yeah, we'll cut it out in post. <laughs> We're going to watch Avengers later, right, bud? Avengers? Okay. Which wow. one? Uh, I think... I think the original is what we're wow. going to do. Okay. So they don't know this. I'm going to keep it really quiet. They've been dying to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's like too much language and stuff. There's six and four. So I'm going to, I'm literally going to screen record the whole movie and record the audio and then just like cut it all up in Premiere and take out like all the stuff they can't, shouldn't see. And that'll be their, that's going to be a Christmas gift. For them. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Editing a movie for your kids to watch yourself. Yeah, you should make a YouTube video about that. I know I thought about it and then I'm just like, I'm going to get sued. (laughs) I don't think you would. I don't think you would. I think that they would, I think that they would low key, like love that. Don't show too much. You think it's fair use? Dude, that's so sick. Like that's so inspiring for all all the dads everywhere. You just went out there and you're just like, that's what you got to do. It reminds me back in the day, like my parents used to, oops, my parents used to, uh, just like stand in front of the TV and be like, up, 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 Like I have this like memory of my dad like standing there, oh, no, 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 don't look, don't look, don't look. And I'm like, Dad, move, move, move. I want to see the boobs, Dad, move. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Too good, man. So that's what I see my therapist about. <laughs> <laughs> We just wanted to end with one last question, kind of what we want to ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Clearly, we titled the podcast Slow Burn. Just this idea of entrepreneurship, of growing your own business, doing your own thing, being your own creative, if you will. Um, Yeah. Does that whole concept resonate with you of growing something slowly, like seeing it to fruition over the long haul? What does that mean for you? Um. It means like, I think that the thing that people take for granted is like young people is they want to like jump past a bunch of steps and like think like uh, about the glamorous stuff. Oh, uh, I'm going to have this money. I'm going to have these many followers. It's going to 
be this big for my business and how do I get to mm. this place at the end? Mm. And there's a famous Aerosmith lyric that goes, life's a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. And it's really like that's what it's about more than anything. Like I, as I've been doing this, I'm going on almost three years since I made that video. I got fired and literally like started doing this on my own. Mm. These have been like the best three years from a career standpoint of my life. Like it's the opportunities, the places I've gone, the things I've done, the feelings of accomplishment are amazing. And then it's like I'm living like day to day and that's great. And there are times when it feels like, what am I doing? Big picture, really. Like, am I doing anything? Is there a career here? And then I step back and I look at it and I look at the work that I'm making and it's just so much better, miles ahead. And I'm I'm so much better at making the stuff than I was three years ago. So obviously Mm -hmm. there's something happening. There's a change that's happening. I'm getting better at this. And that's, I think, I guess what the dedication and the slow burn is all about is like, being in it day to day and enjoying it day to day, trusting the process and then being able to look back in the long run and say, okay, when you get to the destination, it was all those steps along the way that I enjoyed that actually made me better at what I do. And so that's what it's about. I think is like, if you're not enjoying day to day and the journey of it, what are you doing? You might as well just have a regular job, you know, Mm -hmm. and spend your weekends doing whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's kind of like how I would sum it up. I'd say there that's it is. a perfect way to end the podcast <laughs> then, man. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, I really think you should pursue that, make that video about editing. For your kids. <laughs> <laughs> you could do a whole series like this would be big. I think you yeah. could that like that's one of these things I could see like on the cover of like on like Twitter trending, like dad, like edits his own version of movie for his kids. You could even like replace like the curses with like your own voice. That's what I was planning on doing. Jumping in. <laughs> like dad, was that you? That sounds like you, daddy. You could add your name in at the credits as it's rolling at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you guys are interested in checking out Jack and his stuff, um, you can just search up his name on YouTube, Jack Coyne, C-O-Y-N-E, or Coyne Brothers if you've changed it to that by this point. These people are listening to it, so. (laughs) Google me, baby. Google it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Appreciate you, Jack. Thanks, fellas. Great talking to you, and I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Sounds good. Peace. Peace.